everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 457, being recorded on July 12th, 2017. I'm Ryan Shrout. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Alan Malventano. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's uh, I'm back here. I'm no longer in the backwoods of North Carolina. I guess technically that's not the backwoods. I was on the beach. So can you be in the backwoods of a beach? That yeah. doesn't make any sense. I, it, it was super secluded where we were at. So we were down at Hatteras Island on the outer banks of uh, North Carolina. Uh, but, of course, everybody knows that there's just OBX based on the stickers oh, that people God, put on the back of their cars. Thing. God, I hate that stuff. Um but I had been to the Outer Banks once before. I don't know if you guys had ever been to like Kitty Hawk. Um, Nags Head is like at the top. Kitty Hawk, famous for uh, where the first flights occurred yeah. with the Wright brothers and all that stuff. And they have a really cool kind of like museum and, and area there. You can walk the field where they they measured off how far each flight was. And that's so it's pretty cool. cool. Where my buddy lives is literally two and a half hours straight south. Okay. On like. 30 mile an hour, 35 mile an hour roads, two lanes, yeah, all the way down. Backwards roads. Literally, it's 30 minutes from house to anything that sells groceries. Yep. And uh, I'm not a fan of that, <laughs> as it turns out. Like, for a week is fine. A week is fine. Could you, you just you, like the <laughs> Amazon uh, Prime now? He, stuff everything he buys is Amazon. His UPS, uh, UPS too, cash, right? Uh, as much as he can get. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, like, they probably can't do Amazon Fresh type stuff. So his UPS guy hates him? Well, probably not. It keeps him in, in business. It's like a else. loading dock at his house. Yeah. Well, I see, like I happen to be coming back from the beach. The milk and cookies for the delivery guy. Well, yeah. the UPS guy walked up and he was dropping up. He said, you don't live here. I said, I don't. My buddy, it's my buddy's house. He says, okay, well, you know, I'll just leave this here for him. I said, okay. And I asked him, I said, you hear a lot? And he goes, every damn day. <laughs> <laughs> UPS driving 30 mile an hour. And then literally, roads. that was our second to last day there. The day we left and the other, other groups were still there, uh, some, there was like three boxes on their door. And he took a picture of it and sent it to me and my buddy and said, every damn day. And I said, fair enough. Uh, so funny. welcome to the show where we talk about computer hardware, not just remote beach locations. Yeah. Um, we do record the show on Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Oops, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific uh, uh, when, at, at PCPer.com slash live. It's a URL on the internet. It's a website. You can go to it. And you can see our stream and our chat room, and you can interact with us and talk with everybody. And it's super fun and awesome and all the great things that you go along with it. Uh, if you need a little reminder about our streams coming up you can go to pcper.com slash subscribe you get this page it asks for your name and your email address and we just see the notification you know the day of the hour of that we're going to do a live stream uh whether it be our podcast or some other event last week was it last week two weeks ago we did the rx vega two weeks ago it was two weeks ago the rx vega not rx the radion vega frontier edition live stream that actually got a huge amount of attention um i don't think we ever mentioned the podcast we had Two websites were live blogging our stream. And they were taking screen caps of the, oh, benchmarks, the benchmarks we would results. take and they yeah. would add it to their website and do this. And was, uh, at first, I was like, that's kind of neat because it's like they're, they're making a log for me of all the stuff that I'm saying and doing. And then I just realized they just basically stole all of my graphs and put it on their website as mm. a picture, whatever, it all got taken care of and, and removed and taken down. But, um, uh, it was interesting that there was a lot more interest in that than I expected there to be. I say that because on Friday we're getting the water cooled version. 
And there's a very there's a very small chance that we do a live stream with that. It's very small, very small chance, uh, depending on what time it shows up and what else I appear to be doing that day. I don't expect there to be a huge difference from the air cooled version to the water cooled version, especially because uh, I know Steve over at Gabriel's Nexus kind of like attached a water cooler already to it and, and all that type of stuff. So it doesn't seem to light the world on fire, uh, but I'm still gonna freaking paid for the thing so i'm gonna do a freaking review on yeah. this 1537 dollars with shipping video card um might as well uh, yeah i can't return it i mean yeah new egg has no returns even if i don't open this product i'm allowed to return it. it i'm gonna sell it to somebody in this chat room at the end of the show they don't have, it just they don't have returns on just gpus period is that what it is um i think is that true ken they, they started return a no returns things. i don't know like the in four, the last on two the months last I month bought. They were no returns. I don't know about other GPUs. I think it's. I think it's. It's. It's a new policy for GPUs with the most recent mining crash Makes sense. that occurred. Right. So you can't just buy it, mine with it for twenty nine days, and send it back and buy another one. That I think is shady. If you're going to go twenty nine days, just well, keep the damn card. No, that that's why they're doing re- exchanges only, no returns. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That, that's they're trying to prevent that type of stuff. Yeah, I can exchange it. Someone in the chat's asking if it's DOA. I can return it. Yeah, yeah. They'll let me exchange it. But they'll I send just you another ex- one. I, yeah, they'll just send me another one. <laughs> I can just keep exchanging it and keep getting as many different as I want, and maybe I could see what the variance of overclockability <laughs> of all these cards Ryan is. goes through 15, all of Newegg's stock of Vega yeah. water-cold ones. Uh, also, we have uh, our Patreon campaign ongoing at patreon.com slash pcper. Uh, this is your place if you feel like uh, we do cool and interesting stuff, and you want to directly contribute to us, right? On a kind of a monthly recurring option, right? You can pledge one, three, five, ten, twenty, whatever you want to do per month. Uh, there are options available for for that there, and there's a good description on the site about why we do it and why it helps and uh, and all that type of stuff. So uh, anybody who can support us through that is is super super awesome. We greatly appreciate it, and is as is always the case uh, if you increase or become a patron during the show i will read your name off uh, and thank you personally for it for example travis stern as we were starting the stream edited their pledge from 333 to 555 i don't know if there's a significance cheers mate to uh to that but thank you very much travis skip, skip they're trying to skip get the sixes dude they're trying to get josh that's to, true to say those things but they're not using the magic number maybe he'd upgrade from a core i3 or a ryzen 3 to a ryzen 5 and next week, you can upgrade to the Ryzen 7. All right. You never know. Hmm. You never know. So thank you guys for that. It's, uh, it's, it's very welcome. So if uh, anybody wants to contribute to that, again, patreon.com slash pcper. Greatly appreciated. So let's get into the news of the week. We're going to start with, there's a bunch of different things. We've got Xeon launches, uh, uh, a Thunderbolt GPU testing. We didn't talk about this last week. I thought no. it was. I have three stories this week. So you're welcome. We're keeping the site alive. Oh, thank crap. you. Yeah. How many did he say he had, Alan? More than me. Josh, how many did Ken say he had? More than me. Oh. <laughs> I've got one in the queue. Jeremy, More than me Jeremy, and Jeremy, you post a lot of news, Together. so I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, well, I, I can beat him in a day. <laughs> fair. Fair. Uh, so let's talk about first the Xeon Scalable processor launch i'm not a huge fan of this name xeon yeah. scalable yeah uh, but that's what they're 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 kind of moving away from just xeon to xeon scalable um they're getting rid of their naming scheme is different they're no longer um e5 e7 did they go up did they do e3 before i don't remember yeah they had e3s before. are they getting yep. rid of the v2 v3 v4 crap too yes yes so mm-hmm. now we're uh xeon platinum gold bronze uh. sil- bro- gold silver bronze uh by the way this is i 
I, I sent you guys this picture when I first saw these a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, privately, obviously, it wasn't because it was still under embargo. But this is the yeah. Except you edited out the really good stuff. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Never mind. <clears throat> For scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that is a normal size business card over here on your left and these are processors um the one with the weird dangly thing piece of pcb sticking out the side is the one with uh omnipath fabric built onto it yeah obviously very specialized for high-end server configurations but just the size of the processor is substantial um the the if you want the the basics of this is that this is the Skylake SP upgrade for Xeon. So this is the Skylake architecture refresh for Xeon. We came from Broadwell to Xeon. Or I'm sorry, from Broadwell to Skylake. Yep. In the same way, we just recently went from Broadwell uh, E to Skylake X on the HEDT high end consumer side. Right. Um, with that, you get the same kind of performance enhancements with a little bit of additional stuff added into it, right? So you've got the new core architecture, the mesh architecture we've talked about. Um, you're getting what they call socket level performance improvement, which basically means up more cores per socket. Now you're up to 28 cores instead of, I think before they maxed out like 24 cores per socket, mm-hmm. I believe is right. Um, they've changed from QPI to UPI, QPI standing for quick path interconnect. What's the what's the ultra path? I thought you were going to see a doctor about UPI. Yeah, yeah, you should ultra. Not even not even ultra. Yeah, ultra path. But ultra what? Ultra path. That's an ultra path. Yeah, it's ultra ultra. So the ultra is not even talking about the speed. It's talking about the path. It's ultra speed. It's just implied. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So you get more. uh, You get. More, more PCIe faster, lanes. You get a new chipset that has more PCIe lanes. Um, there's some interesting things like uh, you can actually have a dedicated six by 16 connection to the chipset to allow for further expansion and better utilization of that. So you're not just depending on, D- on DMI 3.0, right? So they upgrade to DMI 3.0 on this one, just like Skylake X does. Yeah. But you can take advantage of 16 of those lanes, direct connect to that chipset so that you have... That's like four times yeah. DMI 3. Yeah, yeah. So if, if you're connecting things to that chipset, then you can take advantage of it that way. Huh. There, there's a whole bunch of different configurations. We've talked about the mesh architecture already. This gives you an overview of the differences between like platinum, gold, silver, bronze. You know, you get platinum is the highest core counts, highest socket counts up to eight, three UPI links up to uh, DDR42666, up to 1.5 terabytes of memory per socket. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is substantial. Um, and then you go down to gold, which is up to 22 cores, only up to four threads, you know, those types of things. When you get down into, uh, this, this may be a little bit easier way of looking at it as well. When you get down into like gold, you're up to 14 cores gold. It's even more dumb because gold is broken up into the 6,100 series and the 5,100 series. So the gold 61s go up to 22 cores with three UPI links. The gold 5,100 series is up to 14 cores with two UPI links. Um, it's weird that it goes okay, all the way down. Let to, me ask this. Yes, you may. Is stop. Is shopkeeping these SKUs going to be insane? Thankfully, Intel has a, fer- a terrific database called Arc. They do a, a magnificent job with this in terms of yeah. making it searchable. Uh, to do yeah, but I'm talking pro- about, hey, I need this core. Who do I talk to? Well, we don't carry that one. We only have eight SKUs. Oh, sure. And so you yeah. got to pick out of those. Here is you mean a you don't list. have the fifty six other ones. Here, oh, well, that's a big picture. Uh, let me go back here. This is the SKU list, and so, if you're looking at home and you can't read any of it, <laughs> that's not an accident. Supposedly, it's, it's otherwise uh, known as the towering inferno of graphs. 
Supposedly the address, uh, the ra- addressable RAM is limited to 786 gig unless you pay like a three grand premium for a yeah, different so, SKU. So Correct. the Platinum 1.5 terabyte is the M series of processors. Uh-huh. And if you get the non-M series, you're limited to 768, not whatever you said. Okay, so you, half of The M stands yeah, for yeah. money. The M stands for memory. Money. But yes, right? They're literally adding one more address line. Yep. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. It's an expensive address. Hey, but one, if you need one, now, now, right now, there. Right, you're going to pay for it. To be fair, like the memory, in order to support 1.5 terabyte, you have to support a different type of DIMM that's higher density. That's true. That maybe, I don't, I don't I'm just making it's this up. It's not three grand maybe worth just, of uh, Hey, IP. we don't want to qualify these other 67 you, you SKUs might, You might be binning so. your memory controller to support that. Maybe. 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 I'm just, you know, benefit of the doubt. I don't really know. I three, agree. Three grand, three grand is a lot. But again, <laughs> but here's the thing. Here, So uh, I'm going to, let me, let me skip to the pricing stuff because this, I want to so come back to all this well, the, later. The, the but I, I, wanted to say this me. The, I wanted to say this in the pricing. These start at $13,000. Oh, start. No, no, like at the highest. No, it's the okay. you said at the start. highest. Well, yes. Uh, their peak is 13000 <laughs> right? For the 1.5 terabytes, you can go down to 5200 for the 1.5 terabytes. Uh-huh. The person who is worried about getting 1.5 terabytes per socket uh-huh. of memory does not give a crap about a 5000 no, or no, 7000 no. even $13,000 no. processor. Right. Because they're spending 10 times that on memory. Yeah. If not more. Yeah. And then whatever else they're building the system for. Yeah. Right? So... Uh, you know, it is funny that this comes out after. Uh, remember, we were briefed on Intel's like you know Optane thing, mm-hmm. where they were trying to displace 768 gig of memory in a server with 128 gig and using Optane SSDs. Oh, right. To you know try to augment that and get most of the performance benefit. So I'm going to scroll so, down through this list. I'm so sure you can Intel see. would be fine with losing the price premium if they could sell them Optane instead of having them buy DRAM from somewhere that else. That is true, because you're also spending True. like, you know, I'm still several going. thousand dollars. still the same table. There we go. Um, there were, I believe there are 58, yep. 54, 58, 58 processors launched, different SKUs. So it's weird that it goes all the way down to bronze, and yet bronze still has six channels of DDR. So they all have six channel DDR4 memory, but you go down to 2133 memory yeah. speeds. Yeah. Bronze is, you know, up to, only up to eight cores. There's no turbo boost on no, it. Turbo, that's interesting. It's yeah. only in eight cores. It's like CPU, the Core i3 of Xeon. I mean, it almost has more DDR channels than it has cores. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Like uh, and the, you know, the, the other differentiating point is the gold 6100 and above has two FMAs per for I, for AVX five twelve, whereas below that yeah. you get a single FMA. Yeah. So you know you're cutting your throughput in half. For AVX instructions. For AVX instructions, yes, yeah. correct. Um, architecturally, you know, I, I don't feel like we need to spend a whole lot of time on this. Again, the Skylake X, Broadway Elite Skylake X differences, most of it apply. You get the new cache structure, um, although there are a lot more cache options mm-hmm. for the Xeon the yeah. Xeon family. Um, there are some microarchitecture enhancements, including the out-of-order windows and, and uh, allocation queues and things like that uh, that come into play. AVX 512, much more important in this space than in the consumer HEDT space that we talked about it before. Yeah, your typical piece of desktop software is not going to be using AVX. Uh, uh, I mean, video encoding and transcoding might be something that does. Sure. Right. Uh, I know, for example, like Handbrake integrated AVX2 really early in the lifespan of AVX2. Yeah. So, so yes, you're right, but there's there's the uh, the standouts that too. Uh, this is interesting because actually somebody we were at the briefing and um, there's this dagger in the Skylake core and then there's like this L2 cache out to the side and this AVX up top, and somebody just kind of like jokingly asked like, well, that's not really how it looks like. That guy's like, 
Actually, it's pretty close. <laughs> like we pretty People much bust out a picture of like the die. We pretty much, like, hey, pretty much, we had this core, and we just needed to add L two cache to it. We needed to extend AVX, so we just bolt, bolt, bolt. kind of tacked it on right. and uh, wired it in. Did they glued it on? No, no, absolutely oh. not. It's all monolithic. <laughs> Definitely not glued. Um, you know, they talk about different AVX clock speeds because you're using more power. Um, the uh, uh, home agent and the caching agents are actually divided up per core. Um, on this mesh network, mm-hmm. which basically spreads it out. So on average, the access time between any given core and any given place of memory or uh, its access to a, a home agent yeah. of some kind, which would connect you to memory or whatever, is less than in the previous generation. But they still have like the discussions we had about Skylake X where you know uh, the latencies were a little bit worse at the maximum mm-hmm. in order to improve the average still applies – here yeah to the to the xeon scalable uh release and they have some slides in here that go over like cache misses and and what gets better and 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 what gets worse they're, they're fairly the table is just insanely long you're looking at the at the part the, table still the, the table on page upi two. uh the ultra path interconnect not terribly different um it does move up the max speed from 9.6 to 10.4 gigatransfers per second uh, but not, it's not doing it jump. at lower power Oh, okay. um, so it's on that. They they have this thing called Intel Volume Management Device, which is not VROC storage. VROC it is for storage, nope. but this is kind of what enables VROC. Oh. Uh, the oh, it's like the pathway, not it's the, the rate implementation on top of it. It's Correct. the architecture that that lets you. The VMD do the is other what things. they call the integrated endpoint that stops OS enumeration of devices under it. Okay, right. So it handles everything else at that point uh-huh. but you still have to have drivers for the drives yeah. installed and all that type of stuff but it but it kind of helps map the different nvme pcie devices under one yeah. tree yeah it does it, it, it's just a cpu doing the same thing that like a chipset would normally do for if you set up a raid yeah because usually the yeah. chipset intercepts it but now you have things can you know hanging directly off the cpu so the intel vmd driver sets up and manages the domain enumerates event error handling yeah. But out of the fast IO paths. So in yeah. theory, if you're Facebook, you would write your own driver on top of this for the specific IO needs you have instead of using Intel's VROC implementation, probably. You could. Yeah. But like I want to be able to address these SSDs in this these specific way. What's yeah. the closest hop I can get to them? Yeah. Do that sort of thing. Yep. Probably. Yeah. They've improved turbo profiles, implemented speed shift, uh, but obviously in a very it's not as you it's it's useful in a different context than in consumers. Right in consumers for speed shift, you want uh, uh, interactivity, you want usability, like right. bursty workloads. Right. For servers, it's not really the case, but you can basically use speed shift to um, shift between what they call what they call energy performance preferences. So, um, do you want the ramp up to be higher, slower, or faster to get to that max clock speed mm-hmm. type of thing? So there's a little bit of a and so you can. Choose it? manage that. Yeah, oh. I don't know. I don't know if that's a software driver or a firmware level thing. You know, huh. that was requested by a lot of uh, cloud vendors, um, specifically application integrators, because you could tune the turbo profile and reduce your latency for a request without increasing your power footprint. So they actually okay. use management to tweak that. Huh. It's really, really. I send you guys white paper. It's a really good read. Okay. Cool. Uh, they have some with the integrated fabric we talked about. I don't, you know, I, I don't know a whole bunch about the Omnipath stuff, but it, this is that's an, just an insane throughput. Yeah, thing. It's 16 lanes of PCIe. 
that's how this Omnipath connection connects to the uh, processor die directly. Yeah. This is ki- this is kind of a way to implement it. And this, at a system level, you can actually design boards that can support this processor and not the Fabric version, like both. But it's, you know, a little bit different there. Um, there are three different die configurations for this. Three different monolithic chips that were made. The XCC die is the one that goes up to 28 cores. It has a six by six mesh, five rows of core and LLC, um, two three channel memory controllers on either side. And it's interesting to talk about like the physical layout of this becoming more important as you look at these topologies in 28 cores. How quickly can each core access a memory controller? Yeah. becomes very important. Um, three by 16 PCIe Gen stacks, one by 16 PCIe for MCP use, like we were talking about before. And up to three Intel UPIs. And then they also have the HCC up to 18 core and the LCC up to 10 core. Um, so you can just kind of see, like, this is how they're they're binning and, and producing and, and all that type of stuff. I have, a, I have a mesh-related question that might you, you might not actually have been briefed on the answer to. Sure. So if you're looking at any of those drawings with yep. the different meshes, right? Yeah. So if you're trying to get up to a memory controller, which it looks like is along the top there. No, the memory controllers are the gray on the sides. Oh, the gray on the sides. Okay, yeah, so... Yeah. So say you're trying to get, you know, up to the left memory controller and you're at the core that's in the same line but on the all the way on the right. Yep. Is the horizontal mesh row looking thing one like is, hop. is that a bus? So that's one hop. Yep. Okay, so they're buses. You're, you're not... at most two hops from anything on this. Right, because it's an okay. X and a Y. Yes, correct. Okay. Okay. So each thing is you wouldn't have to keep hopping core 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 across one line. No. It's literally just a bus that traverses across all the so there's an X-shaped or cross-shaped bus that passes yes. through every yes. single item. Yes, and, that, and, it, and it, the diagram is it's difficult to diagram something like that, but that's supposed to be the right. indication of the arrows that like are looping at, at both locations. Okay, but yes, so that's okay. So that's even faster than I was imagining it when I first saw I started so. to see this yeah. mesh thing. Right, it's like city planning. Ugh, the worst. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except every road will instantaneously get you to anywhere along if you, that road. If you yeah. look back at our yeah. mesh story and look at the mesh versus um, ring yeah. interface, you'll see like city planning when you were designing for eight streets. And this, you say, oh, crap, now we have 24 streets. <laughs> right. Right, and how do we do this? And this is kind of like, okay, we're designing for 28. Now, what, where do they go from here? It may still get more complex. But, yeah. you know, uh, there's a new chipset, uh, uh, a.k.a. Lewisburg, the C620. There's like all kinds of iterations of this. This is essentially the X299 chipset slash Z270 chipset, like capabilities in terms of you get 20 lanes of PCIe 3.0. The previous chipset had eight lanes of PCIe 2. Um, this is pretty cool in that it also integrates four 10 gigabit Ethernet Phi on it. On where? On, on the chipset. Just inside the chipset. Yeah. Okay. Right. So quad 10 gig. Yep. Uh, or one 100 gig, I think. 140 the, gig, probably. Uh, Intel is Yeah, doing- no, no. Four, <laughs> 410 or 41 gig. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if, it, if that's the one that could be actually ganged together and just be considered 40 gigabit. Probably. Intel was showing that off like a couple oh, of years ago. This is the Intel so, Ethernet yeah. Connection X722. Well, do you have enough bandwidth over DMI to do that if you don't well, use that by 16 thing? Mm. Yeah, everything's different. Yeah. Well, so you're talking about like is four lanes of PCIe enough for 40 gigabit? The answer would be no, no. no. Yeah, but it would have to use the other 16 lane thing or whatever. Yeah, sure. Yes, and they and they show so they've got quick assist technology in here, which is kind of interesting. It's basically the chipset has a dedicated 
um, crypto and compression hardware accelerator in it to uh, offload the CPU and allow you to do kind of like bulk crypto on these network connections and or storage connections, okay. which is kind of neat. Um, and of course, there's like seven different chipsets as well to compare with all these. Uh, and you can see different chipsets will support, um, let's see. Yeah, you know, some of the, the base models don't support 10 gigabit Ethernet. Uh, the quick assist capabilities in these chipset differs, right, on what their throughput, maximum throughput can be. Um, you know, weird stuff like that. And then you get your max PCIe uplink, you know, which is what's supported back to the processor or whatever. And they have different thermal loads and all kinds of weird stuff. Performance-wise, we didn't get processors in for testing yet. We're working on getting them. Um, but It's a pretty serious freaking lineup. Like in specs and everything. We like want one just, of all mm-hmm. of them. One of each. We want to test all 58. <laughs> it's just and surprising. Really like, you know, so here's the not thing. Not only that, but you need all the chipsets as well. Oh, and yeah, yeah. now you can do a matrix of how out. many tests you need to perform to cover the entire spectrum of parts. The answer is zero because yeah. I quit. <laughs> I'm going to sell all that crap and, yeah. so, you know, Cash in. retire. I'm going to retire. So they talk yeah. about performance, uh, 1.65x average generational gains on two socket servers. Now, the problem with that is they're comparing the E5 2699 V4, which is a $4,000 processor, to the, I believe, uh, 8100 or $10,000 8180 processor. The, uh, the- Three quarter of a terabyte version of the correct, not the one point five terabyte, the, which version. is an extra three k. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. So because they didn't want to overdo it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, most of these benchmarks that might not have helped. The, the point being that um, there are generational performance gains, but they are not at the same price level. Yeah. Right. So you're not getting one point seven, one point six five x at the same price. Well, I think they picked the highest one because they were trying to, like, like, um, you know specify or signify or whatever that like look this is the one with the most number of cores correct which you would think would have the most disadvantage because there's so many cores trying to talk interestingly to the e5 2699 v4 is a 22 core part not the maximum of last generation i think there's a 24 core but it might be at significantly lower clock speed so that may be the highest performance part yeah um that they had in, in broadwell e so we already went through the the giant list of stuff this is it's a really interesting launch because um Epic exists now. It does. And uh, I don't think anybody, even AMD, is going to tell you that they're even attempting to address the same number and variance of spaces that Intel will address with uh, uh, the Xeon scalable line. Well, is Epic going to have CCXs as far as we understand? What do you mean? Core complexes? Like, is that architecture? It's 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 the exact same thing. It has to have core, just more of them. It's, It's for zendai on one package okay that's how you get to 32 cores yeah, yeah, so like into amd will have an advantage on core count over uh the xeons but sure. xeons are going to have you know better single threaded capability so in total i would expect and a 28 core processor to uh 28 core xeon platinum to outperform the 32 core uh epic 7401 7601 whatever it is um but that's a $4,000 part versus a $10,000 part. Yeah. Right? So there's AMD is going to be super, super competitive in these spaces. I think, uh, Alex, you posted in our in our chat today some – I don't know where you got these comparisons from or if you made them up yourself. Those were just ballpark. Uh, in, the, in the chat, someone's saying there's uh, – Chris and M's already saying there are uh, already benchmarks. Supposedly. Oh, no, no. Like, uh, Tom's Hardware did, like, benchmark testing on this. Non-tech. Non-tech. Non-tech did, yeah. Um, 
But but the interesting thing is, uh, testing a server processor is very different than testing yeah. anything else, right? And, and it's very yeah. much so about like workloads and specific. Yeah. And it's almost not all about the processor performance as much as it is the platform capability and all that too, which is which is obviously very difficult to get into. And so you just kind of have yeah. to do your CPU benchmarks and then say you really have to consider you have to consider the full implementation package, which is hard to do yeah. in any kind of um, reasonable time frame, and also in any kind of kind of what am I looking for? Like something that encompasses a bunch of different ideas. Yeah. Um, but Alex put in here like the Epic. Uh, 7601, two sockets is 64 cores, right? 8,200 bucks for the parts. That's the leaked price. Yeah. No, that's real. It is real? Yeah, that's yeah, confirmed? yeah. That's real. Okay. Um, the Xeon 6130, which is one of those 58 parts that came out today <laughs> of the gold <laughs> class, which is a quad, if you put it in a quad socket system uh-huh. of 16 cores each, you get same 64 core count total and how much is that seventy six hundred dollars so it's actually a little bit less but consider you're going from a dual board to a quad board which is incredibly different price board incredibly incredibly different form factor really and the things that you can put in and attach to it are very different as well so there's a whole bunch of other stuff that kind of that kind of goes into it Um, but it's interesting to see that you know intel's not stupid they understand that they understand two things one they have a huge dominance in this market they, they're they're 99.5% of the market today. So there's one, a couple things from that. One, they know they're going to lose market share this year because some people are going to buy Epic. And so by default, you're going to lose some of that market share. Um, but they also, they're also smart enough to realize that like, okay, we, all we need to do is have some specific answer to that Epic 7601. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's that quad implementation that Alex kind of put together, right? Hmm. It's not perfect, and there's lots of different variances here. I, th- I really think AMD will do very well with Epic and single socket and two socket systems. Yeah, and I mean, there's an Epic single socket SKU that's 32 cores for like under two grand. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is incredible. And and Intel didn't. All these processors are up. The minimum is like minimum support is two sockets, right? Um, so they didn't release any like single socket Xeons, which they have done in the past, right? Parts that well, you are intended always, for single socket. You could always put a intended multiple socket yes. Xeon in a single socket. Correct, board. but those inherently would yeah. be higher cost or higher yeah. price. Yeah, you're wasting an right. awful lot of QPI yeah, yeah. links. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I, it's it's super interesting. I, you know, I don't have a whole lot else to say until we actually get our hands on parts and start to look at at performance and maybe um, start to see kind of systems released. With these configurations in place, uh, but uh, I think it'll be sooner, sooner rather than later. So, uh, fifty-eight processors launched, guys. Small so, day. Small so here, day. here's a stupid question. <laughs> it's not really applicable to most people. The the fabric skews, the Dash F fabric skews. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. have an X16 hanging off the processor PCB. If you have those in a quad socket or an octo socket setup, you can you pull off four or eight fabric links to the backhaul. I mean, I guess in theory, but see, when you get into that, you're talking about, uh, you know, not bare bones systems or motherboards you're buying. You're, oh, no, you're, no. you're looking at specific, like HP's building a system for Cray or whoever it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I don't see how that wouldn't, I don't see why that wouldn't be possible for them to do. It's just a matter of how much are you going to pay for that implementation? Right. 
the idea of eight sockets of this size on a single system in general kind of boggles my mind, like how it even <laughs> physically fits and then how you get enough dim channels to attach to each of those to support close to the maximum capacity of the, of the CPU. That's where the, that's where the so fiber you put comes all in. your dims on yeah, risers. <laughs> the, the fiber comes in that way because you don't have yeah. anything else inside that system ever possibly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I assume they could. They didn't mention anything about it. But if it, if it were a detriment, they probably wouldn't. So I don't know. Uh, next up, Ken did a little testing with the external graphics adapter over Thunderbolt three called the Akitio. Sure, why not? I've never heard it pronounced. <laughs> ah, Akitio, the Akitio node. Yes, is that what this is? So this is. Is this just like? The bare bones Thunderbolt three GPU dock. Absolutely, you can scroll down. There's an internal shot with the graphics card. Uh, you can't really see. Well, you can see on the inside, not not a whole lot going on. There's essentially <laughs> a like a Thunderbolt three controller hooked up to a by sixteen slot, a four hundred watt SFX power supply in it, and that's it. And a crap load of empty space for some reason. Yeah. yeah. So that's a 580 in that photo, but I had a 1080 Ti in there that I tested, and there was still three inches of extra space at the end, which kind of begs the question of why this thing needed to be like, this is literally the size of a bread box. Uh, but, yeah. Maybe they just had metal in that shape already? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> better safe than sorry. Just, like, just make a, it a little bigger, I guess. You almost do a mini ITX build in that. I, there are smaller mini it, ITX yeah. chassis yeah. than this expansion <laughs> chassis, so I... Yeah. So how, how much was it, did you say again? Uh, it's right around 300 bucks. Okay. It's still, it still seems pricey for what it is, but yeah. that's the least expensive that exists. They're coming out correct. with like a node light for like two something, I think. I don't exactly know what the limitation is. I think it might be power supply. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, it's got to have a decent power supply in it. So this is no, like there's no USB there's no ports USB, on, yes. no, no uh, network one connections. one port and a power jack in the back, and that's okay. it. Okay. All right, that's, so no that's bare either. bones. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, as opposed to like the Razer Core, which is $500 and gets you, it acts like a desktop dock, which is a much yep. nicer product. Yes. But if you're just looking for a GPU, it's a bit excessive. So how, how did we, what was the determination on how to test this, right? Clearly this picture here is us, uh, shows it connected to a, a ThinkPad laptop. Is it worth noting that this thing only comes with a one foot? Yeah, it yeah, comes with a short that cable. Is, that is the length that the cable comes with. Yeah, it's which like is stupid. A, it's like a one meter cable, I would say. It's probably like a three foot cable. Okay. But I pretty much one had to have the laptop on top of the machine while testing it. Yeah. And someone asked in the chat, does it charge the laptop? It doesn't. It provides like 25 watts of juice to the machine, which isn't enough, especially if you're gaming. Yeah. So you have to make sure your laptop has either Ooh. another Thunderbolt port for charging which the x1 carbon does or has another power jack like oh the XPS yeah i didn't think about do. that okay yeah. yeah all right so how did we go about testing it so we we looked at it we wanted i guess we wanted to look at it in terms of how did it improve gaming performance yeah so when i got this yeah. thing in the office i did what any red-blooded pc enthusiast would and i stuck a 1080 in it and i hooked it up to a laptop and went let's go yeah and we started playing some games and it and then, was stuttery oh and we went yeah. well crap now we actually have to figure out why this is going on yeah so if you look at this graph here what you'll see is we we connected the gpu dock to a desktop pc with thunderbolt with the same 1080 in it uh and we used it with the 1080 installed in the pc so if you look at this the orange line is with the 1080 installed in the computer and then that black and the, mass uh yeah the black line is 
uh, the 1080 Ti in the Thunderbolt dock attached to it playing the game. That does which, not which work. Which is the most ridiculous setup in the world. Correct. We have an X99 right. motherboard with a Thunderbolt 3 add-in card and no no GPU installed on the motherboard. Correct. And we're running our only GPU through Thunderbolt 3. Something so no the, one would was... ever do, but eliminates CPU bottleneck. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So and what we saw here is even with there being no CPU bottleneck, there's still a d- big difference in the frame time variance um, between it being in a Thunderbolt 3 dock and being installed internally. Okay. Um, and that's, it's not insignificant, right? If we look at the 95th percentile or so, you grow up, you're looking at three and a half to three and three quarters of milliseconds of frame to frame variance, which is, which is a lot. It usually, it just kind of in my head, anything over three milliseconds is probably something you'll feel while you're playing the game. Yep. Uh, and we did. We did yeah. like notice this. It wasn't just like we, we ran tests and saw it. We kind of noticed that it was stuttery. Um, and this is The Witcher 3 showing in the same comparisons uh, a difference where the, the frame time variance looks to be the same, right? And if you look here, it is. But the performance is noticeably lower. Instead of getting close to you know 175 frames per second internally, you're getting more like 120 frames per second through the external dock. So there's definitely differences uh, between these systems. And Dirt Rally, the same thing. This so, was actually interesting. Just to make things as confusing as possible, <laughs> Dirt Rally, uh, <laughs> you had a significant frame, uh, frame rate difference where internally it was running at 190 frames per second. In the dock, it was running at like 125, 130 frames per second. But the frame variance was actually better on the dock than internally. What? Because yeah. Dirt Rally is just I, weird. I, I I can't I can't explain it. It was ex, it was extremely repeatable. So now, it wasn't. Now that being said, it's very low. Either way, yeah. Ninety fifth percentile. We're at one point one milliseconds. In okay. the, for the for the worst case. Um. So what what did you do next? What we 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 took the the uh we took the, the same, same desktop three configuration and okay. we tried it on a notebook. In this case, the Lenovo X1 Carbon 2017, which is a i5-7300U, I believe. It's a 15-watt, dual-core, hyper-threaded part, typical Ultrabook part. Essentially, in my mind, what I think of when I think of an ultra-portable laptop and what I think of when I think of the future of, hey, I can have this laptop and carry it around all day and it's thin and light and I can come home and plug it into a GPU and play games. I don't have to have a dedicated desktop rig. Yeah, makes sense. So... We did this. Uh, as an important note, there are different implementations for Thunderbolt 3 and laptops. Like Dell is seemingly notorious these days. Like all of their Thunderbolt 3 laptops connected by 2 instead of by 4, which it's supposed mm. to be. So mm. we did verify the ThinkPad is connecting at by 4, so it's 32 gigabits per second. It's PCIe 3. It was running at the intended bandwidth. So okay. having that out of the way, we took those results from the desktop on the 1080 Ti over Thunderbolt 3, and we compared them to the ThinkPad. So here's what we got. Hitman, 1080p, the frame rate dropped from about 110 to 60 frames per second, and frame variance went way up again. Right? So the orange, the orange mess is the ThinkPad with the external dock. The black is the desktop with the external dock. Yeah, so, I mean, okay. if you scroll up to the last set of results, you could look at what just a 1080 Ti is supposed to be in Hitman, like this orange, yeah, that here. orange compared to scroll down the next orange, isn't as is bad orders of magnitude. So, yeah. 
Yeah, no. Uh, 95th percentile, you're looking at almost 9 milliseconds of frame variance there through that. So clearly there is a there's a difference of, of Thunderbolt implementation and or uh, CPU utilization does matter a lot. Because keep in mind, these are dual-core hyper-threaded processors in yeah. these notebooks, yeah. or in this notebook, for example. Um, and you can see that you know the Witcher 3, which showed good frame variance in both instances up top, the 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 two the dual core setup clearly shows a lot of variance issues there, uh, as well as kind of a, a frame rate drop. And then in Dirt Rally, frame rates about the same, um, but more variance than we had before. I mean, Dirt well. Rally is also obviously the least GPU intensive game that we test anymore. Yes, so it's yeah. going it's likely going to show less of this. Yeah. Variance. And you also threw in an uh, an RX five seventy just to see, right? yeah. Because my reasoning was I tried it with Nvidia and the experience was pretty solid. You just kind of I had to, I had to update the firmware on the dock, but that was kind of a manufacturing thing. I had to update that through their little Windows app for it to work with the just for it to work well with Windows. It was just on a different oh. Thunderbolt three firmware. But after that, I installed the GPU, the Nvidia GPU driver, and it just worked. It used the internal display of the laptop. Everything worked fine. Uh, we used an external display off the GPU for testing because we need to capture the video. Right. So we did that. And apparently using the internal display can lead to a little bit more latency, as you might expect, because it's sending the video back but and we forth. did we did notice the same stuttering. Yes, we did notice stuttering. In the internal and external yeah. displays, yeah. which is worth noting, right? So Yeah. So I figured I'd test out AMD's implementation of this stuff, which they call X Connect in their driver. It actually has like a little tray yeah. thing where it pops up. You can it disconnect seemed- you more developed it does it than does the nvidia iteration and they were the ones pushing it when thunderbolt 3 was coming out in the yeah. razor core whereas CES. nvidia was yeah. just like yeah, yeah we'll support that whereas amd was getting ahead of it they were the first one out. i think we saw demoing it yeah. it was at last C- not no, not the most CS recent two cs ago. ago yeah uh at their at their booth now we didn't put any comparisons in here because the 1080 ti is not a good like it would not be a fair uh, a fair data point to put in there with it but just to show that there were like there were still variants in these games with the rx 570 running um it looks pretty equivalent you know maybe a little bit less variance would you say on the 570 I, I versus ATI? i would say on a whole it's a little better yeah and another thing is like Putting a 570 in this thing is way more reasonable than putting a 1080 in it. Assuming yeah. <laughs> you could buy a 570 new for 200 bucks or sure. 180 bucks, whatever it is, and not the crazy mining stuff, it would be way more reasonable to put a 570 in this thing than a $700 GPU. Yeah, I guess. Because then you're in $1,000 hooking something up to your $1,500 notebook. I, I, you could have built a gaming PC sure. and had better performance. Sure. I, I do think the idea of, uh, of if this all worked swimmingly, that a 1080 Ti and a dock, that it's just like, that's your gaming machine, technically, if it worked well with your laptop and you didn't have frame variance issues and all that type of stuff. The question in the chat room is, uh, and I agree with this, do we think this is indicative of this dock or all docks? I don't think the dock is the issue. Because there are only a limited subset of Thunderbolt 3 controllers. I think there's like two or three of them. Okay. And we were using the one the, the Note has the better of all of them, the most compatible, the one that works the best, the one that delivers full bandwidth. I think it's not indicative of all notebook experience, though. I think in reality what you want is you want a true quad-core mobile CPU, thin and light machine without a discrete GPU, which is kind of 
like a unicorn at this point. Right. The machines you find with card core CPUs these days generally have a 1050 a Ti or a 1060 them, yeah. in them. So yeah. you're, now, kind of, you're kind of searching for the magical laptop with good cooling, a quad core GPU, Thunderbolt three, quad core CPU. Yeah, sorry, quad yeah. core CPU, Thunderbolt three <laughs> with a by, true by four connection to the CPU, right? And it's just not there. Yet. I tried to talk with Nvidia a little bit about why we were seeing the the, the differences, and you know the. The PCIe bottleneck keeps coming up, right, as, as being a potential for if it. If it's only by four, then yeah. Yeah, and, and as you run at higher frame rates, it puts more pressure on that connection as well, which may lead to some more, like, back and forth. Not, not throttling is not the word I'm looking for, but, like, um, what do you call it? It catches up. And then slows back down, catches up and buffers, and catches up and buffers. Oh. You know, I, I I can't think of the term I'm, I'm, like a race I'm looking condition. for. Yeah, something like that, where you know it gets to a point where it's, it's sending up too much data, and then it's kind of waiting, gets into a wait state of some kind. Which and that's in maybe the end, why we see this which frame in the end variance. just gives you a judder. Yeah, yeah, right. Which is which is what which is what we see. Yeah. Um. So it's interesting, nonetheless. We are we're getting at least one more of these in, I believe. No, that was a normal Thunderbolt 3 dock, not yeah. a GPU dock. No. So, and we, also, it's not like this is such a common configuration that NVIDIA is like heavily optimizing for. No, but they should. I mean, some of their bit, like Razer sells a product that does this. Yeah. Razer laptops with their external mm-hmm. thing, and Dell sells one. Well, yeah. uh, Dell's anyway. is their proprietary connection, not Thunderbolt 3. Uh, it's got to be PCIe. Well, but they're though, abandoning right? that and going uh, with USB 3.1 now. Like they're well, they're dumping the docks from their USB product lines. You wouldn't, you wouldn't use USB three point one. Yeah. It would have to be Thunderbolt yeah. three. But oh, I mean, yeah. Asus sorry, sells one of these. Rather, yeah. Power Color sells one of these. Like there are a lot of traditional laptop manufacturers, not traditional, like traditional vendors in the space. We would mm-hmm. usually recognize like component these. vendors. It, Kitty or whatever is just kind of the cheapest one, and and they make a good product. They really do. Like. Yeah, they they make the bare bones product that has the best stuff in it, and you know just works for a reasonable price. Uh, not Swinger asks in the chat, we'd recommend it for VR, and absolutely not. Like oh, frame no. variance is the worst thing you can have for a VR, yeah. a good quality VR experience. I mean, unless I you ate something and you really need to get rid of it quickly, <laughs> right? In which case, totally go for it. Right. But other than that, no. It, yeah. it would be great for compute if you had some reason to do that. Like if you were, yeah. if you were. Yeah. Doing, I don't even know, something at home that required compute. You could just plug in a <laughs> GPU and it would work completely fine. Yeah. My machine learning tasks. I did Bitcoin mine a little bit with it, and, or not Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum mine for a little bit with it, and it was fine. Yeah, I, mean, I would hope that would work. I would yeah. hope that would work over. Certain people use buy one, buy essentially one. just like yeah. bailing wire to connect GPUs to machines yeah, for mining. Pretty much. Yeah. Like Ethernet cable, you know. Yeah. Uh, before we get to our next story, uh, we have two new patrons. We have Sean. House H E U S, Hess House. Yeah. I'm sure we covered. Sorry, it. Sean. We've got one of those counts. He pledged five ninety nine. Thank Gosh. you very much, Sean. Thank you. Thank 599. you. Five ninety nine. And David. Thank you. David pledged five dollars as well. So thank Sweet. you both mm-hmm. to Sean and David. Thank you very much for that. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, Maury posted a review of the Gigabyte X29 Aorus Gaming Three motherboard, and despite the fact that it's a Gaming Three, which would kind of kind of out of the box telling me this is like a low-end product they still look like this they're still led lights they're still uh metal uh reinforcement on the pcie slots and on the dim slots and that type of stuff metal reinforcement on the dim slots now 
I mean, I think it just looks yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, it looks cool, except mm-hmm. the dims cover up. If you the really pull on that memory module without undoing the hooks, you don't want. Yeah, the but maybe you don't have all the dims in. I, I guess. You know, I don't think I've ever happens. seen anybody rip a dim slot off of a motherboard. I, I don't think I've ever I, seen I, it. Oh, give them time, Al. You'll see one eventually. Okay. Wait, Josh, did you say you did? I yeah, I, I broke a dim <laughs> slot once, yeah. and a metal reinforcement would have stopped that. <laughs> oh. Okay. Wait, was it there? You go. Was it Gigabyte or MSI that did the SMT dim slots at some point? Oh, um, they had surface oh. mounted. I don't remember who that was, but yeah, but yeah, it looked awesome from the back of the board. It did. You didn't it was, have the, there's no other the solder points yeah. through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That probably is the easiest way to get them ripped off of the board, though. <laughs> yeah. Right. True. The least amount of support possible. Yeah. Um, so this is, in terms of X299 boards, this is kind of on the lower end version of that at like 260 bucks or so. <laughs> the lower end. I mean, just mm. just put, you know, I'm just saying like it is. <clears throat> but it's obviously, you know, the new LGA 2066 chipset for the, uh, Skylake X processors. Does it have the insane chart that says if you use the this CPU, you... Yeah, that you, was a gigabyte chart, yes, actually. Yes, that would apply, yeah, like, that would apply These here. dim slots stop working, these PCIe slots stop working, yep. like, uh, okay. Yep. RGB Fusion is in here. You got smart fans. Uh, not very much. Uh, this is part of the gaming three versus the five or seven. Yeah. Um, not a whole lot of connectivity in the back. You it's still got have, audio. It's all you need. It's got audio. It's got like, analog audio. It's fine. It's got like, Ethernet. Like, what, it's got audio. It's got some USBs. You need than that? It's got I a mean, PS2 port. I it's mean, got a red USB port. Literally, what does that mean? USB 3.1. What's the, what's the, oh, red is USB? I thought pink was USB 3.1. Depends on who you are. Or light blue. Pink. Who uses pink? It's or it's light blue. It's light blue. It's light blue. But this is that red is, is like a charging port, probably. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's got ten USB three point one Gen one ports. Yeah. Uh, one USB Type C port on the back with USB three point one Gen two support, and one USB three point one Gen two Type A red on the back um, for that. Oh. Uh, and then uh, the Ethernet is Intel uh, Gigabit yeah. LAN. So there he goes for that. Um, Overall, a, a pretty good board. Uh, More is still kind of ramping up on the whole X299 platform in terms of like what are the expectations, what are your overclocking capabilities, uh, those types of things. Obviously, there's a lot of discussion going on about on these boards in terms of um, VRMs and heat, VRMs and heat, and all that type of stuff. More didn't run into any particular issues here, uh, but it's it, it's definitely a concern for those who are doing kind of the super high end uh, overclocking. There's that, and there's apparently things. still a lot of like rushed. Uh, you know, manufacturers rushing the boards out and not necessarily mapping all the options correctly. And yeah, the BIOS configurations. We've definitely seen multiple, you know, Gigabyte BIOSes, multiple MSI BIOSes, and ASUS BIOSes come through yeah. all of our all of our testing. Um, so yeah, this actually gives you an idea here of there are five PCIe slots on this board, i16 size. Yep. Right. Physical size. Okay. Depending on the processor, here is your breakdown. Oh boy. Right. I'm not going to read it, but 44 lane processor, the highest end processors, the 10 core, um, you're going to get by 16 slots, one, three, and five support full by 16 by 16 or, uh, by 16 by 16, eight. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then slot two supports a by four maximum. And you go down the 16 lane processor where one and three support by 16 or by 16 uh, by four by four. And then, and then slot two works. and five are disabled. <laughs> All right. Right. Well, this is the this is the kind of thing with I don't know if this is an option and maybe it's, it's even on this particular board. But when you install your processor, you turn it on 
LED lights need to come on next to the slots that you can populate. Yeah, let's just put it on yeah. the silk screen. It sh- the the freaking slot should glow. Yeah, like they should use like before a, you turn a, the system on, but when you power it, like you, like you, you flip it on, the, you turn on your the power switch. supply. Yeah, yeah, before you hit the power. So button. usually no, when you have the power lights. button and the other so stuff light see. up, yeah, yeah, like there should just be running lights <laughs> along all the slots. I mean, it supports you know. LEDs, so I mean, there's you know LED strips. There's something to that, but um, check out Maury's review slash preview. He goes over benchmarks, and and we still do some overclocking. Let's see, what did he get this up to? Four point seven gigahertz. Uh, with a three gigahertz uh, mesh bus and three gigahertz memory speed oh, at one point two six volts. Mesh bus, another yet another number. It's between. like the QPI speed you know it, or, yeah. or whatever. You, what, what was it called on, on Broadwell E? Um, does like it was like the bus? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. FSB, not FSB. No, FSB's been gone oh, for a ring. long time. I mean, people are still calling it FSB though. Unfortunately, no, they're not. No, no. Just I, trust me. I wish we still had frontside bus. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Want to go in jumpers? It's just the clock in jumpers. Uh, Two hundred seventy-nine dollars at Newegg. Um, goods are stock performance, overclocking potential, the price in terms of for X two hundred nine platforms at least. Uh, two RGBW headers, by the Ooh. way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, weaknesses: uh, CMOS battery placement, lack of third. You know, so it only has two M dot two ports. Probably fine. Um, so SATA ports four, five, six, and seven are disabled with M.2 drive seated in the second port. Right? So it's just... Turns off four of them? Yeah. That's what he says. So there's four still available and four... By adding a single... M.2. M.2. Yeah. It's not the usual ratio that that follows, but okay. Yeah. Usually it kills a Two pair. Port. Two SATA. Well, yeah. so it might... It might not have to, but they might kill all of them because they've figure they tell you that's the slot to populate second yeah so maybe they have all like all of the impetus on that one if you do dual yeah but it should only have to take away two status sure point. but it had to take right. away two status for each right no okay for each m.2 never mind then no no no. a one would be inherent yeah okay yeah it's like one status is like a pair of pcie lanes so m.2 is by four yes so Parasata. Gotcha. Two sides. So check that out. That's the uh, X Gigabyte X299 Aorus Gaming 3 motherboard preview slash review from Mori. Uh, so uh, just, yeah. you know, kind of curious. Um, we missed something on the rundown. What, what's the, the, the VRM situation on X299 stuff that we've been hearing a lot about? So, I mean, it's, not, we so it's not great. Have we talked about that at all? Uh, we haven't really. I, I've, I've only done... Uh, reading on it myself no no real hands-on uh with it the issue stems around um higher power draw with skylake x and we saw with broadwell e and motherboard vendors either not having enough time to understand that and develop products accordingly or underdeveloping products or, or, or intel not giving the right recommendations to motherboard vendors for for this type of stuff or at least in one case it was like their options like the BIOS level configuration for the CPU was like messed up to the point where it would turbo all of the cores to the, to the, uh, yeah, you know, there's the, some of that like turbo all the cores to what would normally be the one or two core yeah. turbo number. And it would jack up the voltage levels to correspond to like the, you know, to make it work. And then you're drawing more power, like way yep. higher TDP than the processors. And, and, and we saw this in my overclocking testing, though I didn't, 
equate it to VRMs and didn't look at those temperatures specifically, honestly, uh, when, when I was hitting like over 100C spikes yeah. on my overclocks. Yeah. It was like, but mm. if the VRMs were getting really hot, that would... I mean, they're going to get hot because yeah. if you're drawing enough yeah. power to... You know, VRMs are just going to get hot yeah. because of the power draw. It's not that the VRMs are necessarily even different from the previous generation. Right. They could be the same exact parts. But might they need to be beefier they for might, if you're they drawing need this to be much beefier. more power? Yeah. power. And, yeah. and like if you look at it, I think it has to follow on sort of Intel's recommendations for I would agree laying out that. these boards. Because if you look at multiple manufacturers. They're all kind of having the same problems. Yeah, yeah. Either it's not higher enough quality components or it's like the heat sinks over the VRM being mostly decorative because we haven't had to really worry about this in yeah, a while. That's so a, they've that's gotten a, bigger, a little lax on like actually making yeah. full contact that's pipes a bigger one. over VRMs and stuff. But yeah. a lot of people seem to be doing it, just about everyone as it turns out, right. if not everyone. So it seems like it probably has to fall on Intel if everyone is doing it. Yep. Um. Yes. So that's that's kind of the state it's in now. I, I you know, I still need to demand a better answer from Intel on why is the TDP so high? Why is why is it drawing so much power when the TDP is is not listing that? Right. Right. And that's cuz that may be the fundamental issue is if you give all the documentation to motherboard vendors that say it's the power draw is essentially the same or 20 watts within 20 watts of our previous generation, but you actually are doing 75 to 100 watts more. Yeah. You might that eats quote up the unquote, margin. <laughs> underdevelop your motherboard power delivery yeah. <laughs> uh, situation some. So, um, you don't the, want to overbuild when it costs you money and you don't need to. Correct. Correct. Or you shouldn't have to overbuild by case, that much. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Uh, before we switch to the next story, there was one missing from the rundown. We'll just, it'll be real quick. Ken, RX 470 mining edition. It's an RX 470 with one DVI port. Moving on. Yeah, basically. <laughs> okay. And everything, warranty? Uh, everything is the same, right? Yeah, and, and a 90-day warranty. I think it was 90. 90 or 180, I forget yeah, which one I think it was. it was 90. Yeah. But it did hash at a higher rate than yeah. the other 470? It hashed That's because today. it had a different memory system. Because it was a factory overclock card versus a uh, reference card, okay. and it had a different memory vendor. It did was it, Samsung It drew less power? Yes. No. Uh, well, yeah. no, no, no. So, like, you can... You can get the Two other cards so. with Samsung memory on them. It's just a lottery. Sure. Right. But this so. did draw 10 watts less power out of the box. Yeah, There's but, something but to if, that. You, if you applied an undervolt to both of them, they perform the same. Yeah. Well, okay. did the, you saw the hash rate difference, but the power draw the power, power was, the draw was the same. Yeah. yeah. So don't buy any of these cards for mining because... I mean, just probably don't buy cards for mining. That shit's busting. Yeah. All right. Anyway... <laughs> Moving on. Uh, the real interesting story of the week is 10 gigabit Ethernet. Everybody needs it. Everybody wants it. Yeah, yeah. We have, we have these cards here. We actually bought these. Um, this is the Asus XG-C100C NIC. Um, this is what it looks Cute like. Cute little cards. It's just a, uh, a PCIe by one. Is that by one? That's a by four. By four. Oh, by four. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, add-in card that does 10 gigabit Ethernet. Now... Obviously, having one of these is not very useful, <laughs> um, but it does support. It does, you know, support gigabit. So if you buy one of these and put it in your system, it will still work with all of your gigabit switches and PCs and all that. And two and a half and five gigabit, which are the new standards. Right? Do they come with the other bracket? Yes, the half height. The only th- only other thing that comes in the box is the low profile bracket. Okay. Now, what was what was interesting about this, Ken, was like installation was easy, right? 
Yeah. Uh, so it's a Nick. <laughs> well, no, I mean the driver. Like you didn't. Windows had the driver in it. Yeah. So both the machines oh. I tested were CPU test beds that we had updated to creators on Windows 10. So I'm not exactly sure what when, the right. what the wide array of support for this is, but yeah. it automatically pulled the driver. I don't know if it pulled it from Windows Update or if it had it in the installer because they were both connected to the regular sure. network. Yeah. At that point, but absolutely pulled the correct driver. Wasn't even just like an inbox driver that that happened to work. It was the correct driver. It was the Asus driver. It was, well, yeah. it was the Quantia driver. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Which is just an INF file, so like no app to go along with it. No killer style app. To and, run and no no kernel driver from the sounds of it. If it's just an INF, I don't remember if there's a sys or not, but I'm, I'm it looking. was just a simple driver package, exactly like you would want. Let's see, Windows 10 64 bit driver driver package. Uh. What are you looking at? Um, so we bought two of them, put them in two PCs, mm-hmm. connected them with an Ethernet cable. With just a run-of-the-mill Cat5E. Uh, Cat5E. Yeah, Cat5E cable we had, that yeah. we made four years ago. Yeah. That yeah. is pretty long. It's like a 30-foot cable. Right. Home Depot Cat5E. <laughs> and it linked at 9.45 gigabits per second. That's pretty close to ten. The, dri- the driver looks like it has more language crap in it than, uh, than the driver. an actual driver. Yeah, it's, usually. Yeah, INF is twelve lines. Language package it's, twelve it's, megs. It's like a six meg download. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this is so you know you're getting uh, uh, nine and a half gigabits per second. Which uh, if I do my math right, <laughs> and by that I mean open up my calculator uh, divided by eight, you're like one point one gigabytes per second. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 1,100 megabytes per second. So, you know, way faster than most systems can go. Like storage, you know, your your even your your you know yeah, your you SAT, a, any SATA SSD is going to be like five six hundred megs per second. Yep. So you can Which saturate that, that with this, right? Well, it's half. But if you go to PCIe yeah, SSD bit, and you want to transfer something off of it, yeah, it's a lot better than uh, standard gigabit. I would rather waste yeah. the headroom at the high end oh, sure. than be oh sure just. Kneecapped, two hundred megs. If yeah. you if you move stuff around on a network, which we do a lot. often, large here, files, a lot, large files. Yeah, you know, you think gigabit is fast when you gigabit's fast when that's your internet connection. When we got gigabit <laughs> fiber, it was like holy crap, this is amazing. But then our testing, we generate a twenty six gigabyte file every sixty seconds. Yeah. And we want to copy that off to another location so we don't have to keep it on that machine at 110 megs per second. That takes a long time per file. It does. Now, if we can do a gig per second by buying two of these cards, how much are these, Ken? These, like, what, 100 they're bucks? MSRP for 100. They're going a little over it right now because they're just starting to get in the yeah. channel. So, this is the Cheaper type of thing. Fiber. And, and switches are expensive right now, right? Still. Yeah. I mean, a switch is like $100 a port. So for like an A-port switch, it's like seven or $800 at this point. Yeah. Netgear Pro Safe are the small business ones that seem to be the cheapest. Yeah, they have an there's, A-port there's, for like 700 There's an Asus switch that has the two 10-gig ports and six 1-gig ports, I believe. Okay. So if you only need two of these, like you had a file server in your desktop and you just want to be able to transfer fast between those. Right. But you know, the crap on your network that didn't need to be so fast. Right. You could do that as an option. And Aquantia, who makes these... Network controllers, the cheap ones that are starting to get into the market from Asus. Aquantia sells these cards themselves for like 130. Gigabyte has announced them. I expect these to be all over the place at some point. It's probably bundled in with motherboards too. I even think though. there's an X370 motherboard with it on board. There's, like a, there, there's supposedly like switches, maybe. 
Mostly Switch is yes, coming. Yes, and at Computex, Aquanti announced they're working with Switch people to get it down to about thirty to forty dollars a port on a Switch. Yeah, and and I you know I would say if people you know prosumer type people that maybe do large video editing or whatever, and they were trying to back up to a network device or something like that, uh, or uh, a different system, this is something where if if that's important to you, spending two hundred bucks on two NICs. And creating their own private network yeah. for just that purpose yeah. would be really beneficial. Like that's, well, what, that's which what is how we did all her testing. Like, yeah, I mean, you just you have to self-assign the IPs and Windows. Yeah, like yeah, the good old days with like a crossover cable. But yeah, yeah, you just do that and it works fine. Yeah, so to me, this is this is probably the most you know. Now storage is the storage is answered. Like we know how to do storage now. We fast NVMe storage. We're done. Like this is the next step. Is how do you get at a consumer price point that fast of data outside of your machine? Mm-hmm. Thunderbolt could have been it, but it's still very pricey, and the, the number of accessories are quite yeah. minimal. And, and as a Thunderbolt three, you can do ten gig networking over a Thunderbolt cable. Yeah, which is and, interesting. And so thing, even uh, so. Uh, if switches become less expensive, then suddenly Thunderbolt to 10 gigi adapters make a lot of sense as no, well. You, you could do Thunderbolt 3 to Thunderbolt 3 on two PCs. Right, right. I'm talking about for like, like more sure, machines sure. on the same yeah. network. Yeah. And when you switch, and when you switch from gigabit to 10 gig, you start to be able to change your mentality on some other stuff too. Like it gets to the point where you can actually scrub timelines of a video that's from across the network. Right. Like you know, you can do yeah. things that are like where the latency. Yeah, yeah, where normally you would have to, oh, let me copy that over from the NAS to my local machine so I can do Maybe this Maybe I'll edit. just run this installer instead of copying it. Yeah, yeah so, that too. I, like, I mean, you know. and another example is that machine over there we do our video capture on, we, we, we'll, we'll create 800 gigs of data in an afternoon. Yeah. And normally what we do is we transcode it on that machine, which is only a quad-core machine. That's a different discussion. <laughs> Right, it's like an overnight transcode. Well, yeah, it's, it's a couple of hours yeah. probably yeah. to do the whole thing, and then we copy the files off to the network server. What we would do now is we would put a ten gig card in there, and you know whatever the network server's on, copy that nine hundred gigs over, and yeah. then have that machine do the transcode. So this machine's not held up from doing further testing while yeah. the compression is occurring. Right, so and we haven't and we haven't tested it, but potentially maybe. You could just do the the stream like record the recording straight across the network. Might work. Ten gig, maybe. You might have enough to do that. It might, maybe. Might work. A single frame it. drop would be bad. That's true. That's yeah. That's we, the we are very sensitive to frame yeah. drops on uh-huh. the, yeah. the frame. A, rate a, as an additional thing, uh, just to make sure it wasn't like these Aquantia stuff nicks aren't just kind of weird and funky. We actually tested it to an Intel X550, their 10 gig NIC that's oh. on the X99 EWS board. Yeah. Worked fine. Same speed. Same exact speed. So this to an, an Intel 10 yes. gig E controller, so same It issues. seems like so all this will be interoperable between any equipment you might possibly have, which I don't think you will. But if you're in an office environment where maybe there's partial 10 gig, 10 gig stuff, you can put some of these Aquantia NIC cards in your machines. It'd be fine. And yes, we know you can get used 10 gig NICs off eBay or less than this that might have SFP connectors, might have RJ45s on them. You can get SFP for cheaper, sure. Yeah, I bought a thirty gig or thirty dollar Mellanox SFP ten gig card to put in our file server because right. it's a very short run. We have a ProSafe switch with an SFP port on it. It makes sense. Thirty bucks had the cable from doing our AD testing. Right, absolutely great solution. But if you're looking for RJ45, hundred bucks for a new product that didn't come out of some server. Is pretty damn good. Yeah. So you're supposed to be able to go 55 meters over Cat 6. 
Mm-hmm. That's pretty far. Yeah. Uh, and like you're supposed to also be able to use like Cat Five E. Well, we did at a at a yeah, lo- Cat Five E will do it. At a shorter length, sure. But it's not but if that anything, much unless bends. If I've learned Cat anything about more forgiving to bends, yeah. If I've learned anything about Ethernet standards, is that they are way under promising. Oh yeah. If you can run a <laughs> six hundred foot, how far was, was it? Was it six hundred feet? I think it, it was, was about that. We took a five hundred foot spool and crimped two ends on it. Okay, so yeah. we took a five hundred yeah. foot Cat Five E and ran ran it between megabit. two buildings. Yeah. In the winter. And it worked perfectly across the grass. The lawnmower. <laughs> a lawnmower clipped it in the middle somewhere. It did, but did not sever the important wires. It still worked. I have it it de sheathed the cable. We, we cut yeah. that, ca- that part of the cable out of it, and we have it somewhere still, I think. Yeah, so now we have like two 200 foot cables. Yes. <laughs> Actually, to be honest, that might have been what I used. Oh, one of those, half of that cable. Half of that cable? Or at least a portion the net, of that cable. That's right, probably so 100 feet. Though. It was at least Actually, I think cable it was great. from that same spool. I think that one was great. Maybe. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, that was great cable. Yeah. But can you use the pretty, this is, pretty long length to connect well, those it's two? It's probably like 30 feet, if I had to guess. I, it, probably it, I, it, was, it was coiled up, Ethan. Like, not good testing circumstances for the Ethernet cable. That's true. And A big inductor great. you yeah. used to test yeah. this. It's like, eh, whatever. If it goes fast the first time, it's fine. Yeah. Go ahead, Josh. So, so this is really reminiscent of, of one of the last kind of previous big jumps in, in networking technology. And that was, you know, 10100 hubs got to be pretty affordable. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you can get a five port for 150 bucks. But in like 1999 is when the first switch chips came out that were really affordable. Like you can get an eight port 10100 switch for 220 bucks. And that was considered absolutely unheard of. Yeah. And I remember testing that and, and the networking performance was night and day. If you had like three or four computers on a hub versus Oh yeah, you know, on a switch. Yeah, and plus I used to work in a hospital where they had all these hubs, and we just called the cl- the, the the closet they're in the collision zone because <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just pointless. But yeah, I mean this it's really kind of exciting because when we went from hubs to switches and ten one hundred, I mean that was that was just such a huge jump in usability and reliability. And all that, and now we're starting to get to the 10G stuff. That's Finally. thirty bucks a port. It's nice. It's, yeah, it's. I mean, ten gig over copper RJ. Well, maybe not RJ forty five. Ten gig over copper has been around since two thousand seven. Yeah, it yeah. seems crazy that it's taken this long. And another thing that's interesting. Like I understand it, but it's just it sucks. Another thing that's interesting, but it might not apply until these alternate chips start getting into more things like the switches and whatnot. But like. Uh, if you get one of those Intel NICs or the SFP stuff or whatever, like the failover, the fallback is one gigabit. Yeah. Or lower, right? This has a five gigabit and, 2.5. and a 2.5 gigabit fallback. So if you like buy a new router that might support 2.5 in a year yeah. and doesn't support the full 10 because that will still be more expensive. I mean, you're throwing, away, you're throwing away some of the bandwidth this could do, but at least, you know, it would yeah. work. The the Intel NIC connected to that would just fall back to one gigabit. Gotcha. It doesn't have any yeah, in between. So, so that's reason to buy this newer stuff as opposed to some of the, some older, the older stuff on eBay. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's the Asus XG C100C. We're just really a bad model name. Yeah, C100C. I don't understand. It's not a hundred gigabit. Yeah, I no. I, I, I first thought <laughs> at first it was typing it as the XC like 
10G, I think, which would have been a great model name. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but no. No. And then if you add in Roman numerals with C100C, <laughs> it's oh, like yeah. redundant. 100, yeah. 100, 100. 100, 100, 100. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, what else we got on here? Uh, let's see. Some VR stuff. Very quick here. The You can now get, I don't know how long this is going to last. It's a, They call it a short-term price reduction. But for 399 bucks, you can now get an Oculus Rift and touch controllers. I think they, they said it was the summer. I think they clarified for the next six weeks. Okay, that is two hundred. That's two hundred bucks less than it used to be, right? Yeah, it was five ninety nine for the yeah. how many? How many sensors does it come with? Uh, I assume just two. Okay, but it has to be at least two to support the controllers. Yeah, you get your two controllers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that extra sensor is a hundred bucks, I think. So I think that's right. You mean if you wanted a third? If you want a third yeah. one? Yeah. Well, you don't really. We don't need it. I mean, you really don't. I Unless mean, you need to spin around on a chair. Face the other way. And just get that cord totally tangled up on the bottom. That's true. Yeah, Yeah, don't do that. Um, So I I realize like VR's uptick has been significantly slower than a lot of people wanted and expected. But for $399 is really impressive. That's a really good deal. Because the headset by itself was $599 at one point, right? When it first launched. Yeah. The Vive is still $800. The Vive is still $800, $799. Yeah. Uh, I think they run like a $100 special at some point. I think Amazon was. Okay. Actually, during Prime Day, you could get this Oculus package with a $100 Amazon gift card. Yeah. So now, I will say, bucks. like, the Vive is probably still my preferred platform for it, but I actually like the... I like the headset The better. headset of the Rift is better. The tracking on the Vive is better than Oculus. Yes. And, and, the, and the controller, the design of the controllers, I like better for touch. On the Oculus. On yeah. the Oculus than on the Vive, but... The Vive has better tracking again. Yeah. Like the, the optical tracking yeah, you're back to that. Is, is is much better than the camera tracking. But still very usable and like very fun and playable and, and there's a lot whole lot of title overlap and everything for that regard. So for three ninety nine, if you have a VR ready PC, it's a pretty And I mean a, a VR ready PC these days is like they, they qualified the nine sixty at some point, right? Yeah. With the uh, AC yeah. space warp stuff. Yeah. So like you might have a VR ready PC and not realize it. Yeah, hopefully you don't have to buy a GPU. Yeah. That's a bad time. If, if GPUs are at MSRP, you could buy this <laughs> and a PC for less than a thousand dollars to do VR. Yeah. I which think is so. way better than the fifteen hundred dollars yeah. it was when that crap came out. Yeah. Uh and then also um Scott wanted us to point out that the Razer HDK2 is $399 as well. And apparently, if you prove you're a student uh, yeah, if you or got developer. Some sort of a educational or your developer. Right. You get an extra 20% off. And if you are involved in, let's like say, a university or a school, you can email them for a two-for-one promotion, which is kind of damn cool. I just don't know enough about this one to tell anybody to buy it. I've, yeah, it's it still has it's the term, a developer kit. It we'll still has it, it still has the term DK two in it, which bothers me a whole lot <laughs> because the DK two is drastically outdated compared to the Rift and the Vive, right? And this doesn't. But then come, this one's also playing with new uh, protocols like OpenXR and a couple of other things that we haven't seen really yet. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't so really it's know. So it's very much a dev kit. Yeah. yeah. I, no controllers. Yeah. I don't, it's, yeah. It's, it's literally a dev kit. I, I would definitely not yeah. recommend this for a consumer looking to play VR games. Yeah. Definitely not that. But if you want to learn how to program them and you're yeah. going to school yeah. for it, drop yeah. them an email. It's true. It can't hurt. Get two for one. 
Ah. And then use them a lot? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Sebastian posted this up. Uh, Jeremy, what was the summary of uh, the original story and then the response from Intel? Well, I mean, see, the thing is that this Pentium G4560 was quite popular. It was cheap. Uh, what was it, about 60 bucks, 70 bucks? Yeah, I think it was closer overclocked to 90 well. maybe, but yeah. Yeah. It overclocked well, and a lot of people who are gaming on a budget pick the damn thing up because, hey, who cares if it's a Pentium or not? It works. You got four threads. I can't honestly remember what the frequency for this guy was, but it was... It was like around three. Respectable. It's like 3.2 or something, I thought. Yeah, and you could probably hit close to four with it if you put a lot of effort into it. So, essentially, they're just... It, it was cannibalizing, or at least this is the theory that a lot of us support, is that it was cannibalizing a lot of Core i3 sales, which were slightly more expensive, and in some cases... Uh, nowhere near as good uh, at gaming sure. once you overclock it because the Core i3 has some extra features in it which a basic gamer is never going to touch. They don't care, they don't need it, and those extra features cost an extra couple of bucks, so you're looking at 80 bucks, 100 bucks. So it kind of makes sense that, yeah, you, you kill off the 4560 because it, it's selling too well. But... Intel uh, is saying that, well, no, uh, we're, we're continuing to offer this. It's just that the demand fluctuation is such that it's disappearing off the market. So it looks like we're not making it. What it is is that just so many have been bought that you can't get one. It's almost like a bunch of people recently were building PCs with the cheapest possible plat- processor they could find for a good <laughs> They didn't need processing mm. power. They needed GPU power. Weird. And this was a really cheap way to get a system set up. That doesn't seem very so, likely, though. So what other yeah. answer could there be? Yeah. Um, you know, Blame the miners. So I would say this. So the, in, like Intel, when they build a part like the 4560, they know... That it's going to cannibalize something like Core i3 sales to the DIY consumer, they just don't give a shit, right? Nope. The core because they get the money in the end, right? To- the, the Core i3 is for like the business budget user, right? Yeah, for Dell and HP. Yeah, and and this is for hey, stop buying those Athlons <laughs> and buy this instead. Right, so they they know that they're kind of undercutting that market, but they're willing to do it because they realize this is this is not targeting an audience that's like oh, I'm going to buy a Core i7, but wait, here's a Pentium 4560. Yeah, this is the I have 80 bucks. Yep, yeah. I'm going to buy the best part for 80 bucks. If you don't make it, I'm going to buy that Athlon. It's right? true. And so it, it it makes sense to me that that this is actually just a quote normal demand fluctuation. Um, that, that Intel used uh, in, in kind of referencing the story that Sebastian wrote. But, um, of course, if they cranked out a whole bunch more of them, there wouldn't be a supply problem, would there? It takes a long time. You don't just, you don't just pop, pop a yeah. sticker on that and, baby. And if they followed that, they'd be making crap tons of Celerons right now because the low-end Celerons <laughs> for this platform also sold out So for similar reasons. So they just have their entire inventory at Microsoft would just be Celerons. Uh, and finally, sadly, not a NAND gate. 
even if some of these RAM rumors were false, we are in for shortages. And I know Jeremy wrote this without looking at the t- uh, without looking at the uh, author <laughs> field because rumors is spelled with a U after the O, mm. as it should be. No, well, like we colors. Colors. Yes, the rumors are false. The rumors uh, sounds more French than English. Well, sure. Um, <laughs> what are we looking at here? What's what's what, why do we have a wafer picture uh, here? Well, because we may or may not have seen 60,000 wafer starts die. It's like a million uh, tiny silicon voices all yes, cried out. Silence silenced forever. Yeah. So there's a couple of places like DRAM Exchange, which, you know, keeps a very close eye on RAM supplies and just NAND market in general, reporting that there was an incident in a micron plant, uh, the Tyune Fab in uh, South Korea where a bunch of nitrogen was released and killed off about 5.5% of what was currently on the line being produced. And it resulted in an evacuation of the plant. (laughs) Micron has come back to say, well, there was an incident. No dyes were harmed in the making of this incident, and we didn't have to (laughs) evacuate our factory. So it's quite possible that rumors of the death were greatly exaggerated. But on the other hand... uh, we're looking at a huge NAND shortage right now. Uh, Samsung is tooling up a, a bunch of stuff with its new technology, but it's going to be years before those fabs are, you know, fully going at 100%. Yeah. Uh, and SK Hynix and Toshiba, well, you know, they're already booked at 100%. They're arguing about it, who's going to buy them. Yeah, we, at this point, there's a very interesting argument about, uh, well, we've kept trying to buy it. I think it's six times now, and people <laughs> don't want it to happen, but it's going to happen. <laughs> just just, just accept it. Uh, grab those ankles, and away you go. So even like a 5.5% hit on the, the supply of NAND uh, in the next couple of months is going to have a huge impact on yeah. prices that are already continuing to go up because y- you simply can't ship a product with 95% of the storage you intended. Oh, you can. It's an all or nothing thing. <laughs> it's well, called over provisioning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But, uh, Jeremy, does this the help? wafer's dead, the wafer's dead. Jeremy, does this help or hurt the 10 cent per gigabyte directive? <laughs> it, it's a not good for Ryan's law. It is, mm. is even at the best where Micron says, hey, we did have a little bit of an incident. Well, if you were shut down for even a little bit, Ryan's 10 cent law is, is, Getting pushed back a little bit further. I, I mean, Josh can correct me on this, but if they have to shut down the line, you're wrong. And, <laughs> they have to shut down a line in a fab for any reason. Restarting it takes a significant amount of time. Like we're talking yeah. days or weeks, right? To restart yeah, a line on a fab, to, they had to purge the the whole nitrogen system, and that's and everything that they threw through there. They had to just obviously, as they mentioned, you got to chuck because yeah. Anything it's that was all in the doped line. up with stuff that you don't want in chips. I hate when I'm all doped up. I know. Oh, you eat some chips and you get the bends? It's awful. <laughs> exactly. You don't want that nitrogen. And I guess that sometimes, if it depends on the wafer and where it's at, um, if you don't go to the next step in a certain amount of time, you're you're looking to throw those away as well. So it's uh, it's a big deal. So glad I bought my it's SSD. It's all because of oxidation. A couple weeks ago. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, let's get into our hardware software picks of the week. I waited to the last possible moment to select. Nope. Uh, wait, what, ha- what the hell happened? What? What? Who? What? There it is. Ta-da! <laughs> Next I'm pick. so surprised. Shocking. I don't know if you guys have heard about this. This is the Asus XGC100C. It's a 10-gig Ethernet. The XG100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100. It's a PCIe by 4 card. It's a single RJ45 okay, port. stop talking. It's like got a hyper-fast gigabit per second networking. Simply, yeah. Okay. It delivers, quote, up to 10x faster data transfer speeds. Ryan's pick of the week. The thing on the desk in front of him. Demanding yes. tasks. Okay. No, got it. Um, Two of them. Yes. There's it the does support one. 100 megabit fallback. I gotta ask, you know, yeah. did you discuss how hot that gets? I, you know, I, I, I kind of missed that. I was zoning out. I don't know. You know, I didn't. Networking. It has a pretty I, beefy heat sink. I didn't take any measurements or anything. Uh, I don't know. I did some sustained testing on it and didn't really see. I mean, 10 any gig, issues. You know, it'll get warm, but I, I, yeah. mean, I think 10 gig parts like the earlier ones it's were drawn like, like people 10 have watts. like laser thermometers to yeah. measure heat. Well, we have, we have a clear. So there. Interesting side note: We got successive, or what? Do you, it's not successive. What sequential. Do you, sequential, sequential serial yeah. number and MAC addresses yeah. on these two cards. I, I think Ooh. you'll these, never be a good bank robber. <laughs> I think these nicks will be the start of something bigger at the office. So next time we have stuff looked up, I will try to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. After we were happy with it, I asked ASUS for more cards. We're going to try to populate all of the systems with 10 gigabit cards. And Are they going to send a switch? <laughs> I don't. They didn't. Why, they don't have a mine on them. Asus doesn't make one. Damn I don't know it. if they make one on the not yet. small business side or not. Oh, but. I, I don't think they make a ten gig one yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that's you know. Does eight, it have any eight gl- ports or something glued to the bottom of it yet? I mean, we have. Uh, a, I don't know. We have a sixteen <laughs> port. I think. Is it a sixteen? Is it eight port ten gig? I don't know if it's eight or sixteen. I can't remember the one that uh, the Jim Becker. Yeah. That's an eight. Mm. That's not enough. He did not see, buy one, the two, several thousand dollars. Three, four, five, six, seven for Jim. We could make it. We could sacrifice eight to connect to the other switch. So it's close. Alan, you don't get it. Um, <laughs> moving on. So, so the, the yes. switch you have, how loud is that thing? So oh, very loud. A couple of those. What? What? It's hot. Yeah, that Netgear switch oh, is very fans. loud. Oh, yes. yeah. That thing yeah. is the obnoxious beast that should stay in a closet will we be able to fix the power consumption and heat of this through process advancement or are we stuck with hot 10 gigabit controllers i mean i mean as far as them getting better yeah i mean these i'm sure draw less power than like the intel i mean what do you think that is on we could test that you know like that's probably on a very old note at this point like uh yeah i don't know because why would you shrink it be well unless remember shrinks only get you so far as far as like Sure, it takes shrinks not necessarily because your heat, your, power silica, your distancy, the, it's your, the power your density for the switching yeah, yeah. of the thing. You know. All right, uh, Jeremy, what do you got? I don't know. I was kind of desperate as well, but uh, this sale was better than anything during the Steam Summer Sale. I uh, keep meaning to play the Homeworld Deserts of Karak um, because, well, Homeworld kicked ass, and it's ridiculously cheap right now so if you haven't bothered to pick it up uh you can add it to your library for just under 20 bucks and sometime in the next 12 18 months you might actually get a chance to play it <laughs> it's really it does good. look interesting and yeah. for that price yeah all right i'll add it yeah for 20 bucks that's that's amazing 
Hmm. Nifty. Uh, George? George? George Uh, You know what? I've always wanted one of these, and uh, <laughs> now kind of the, the time is right. What? We were just talking about this in the office yesterday. Yeah, I was trying to... What, Instant Pot? Yeah. Yeah. Instant Pot. I didn't end up buying it on the Prime Sale. Did you buy it, Josh? Yeah, it was... It was it, no, not yet. I'm going to after we get some medical things done because uh, it just, uh, you know, it's 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 a rice cooker. It's a pressure cooker. It does all kinds of things. Highly programmable. So explain um, to me a what a pressure button. cooker does. Okay, essentially a pressure cooker. So I, say like you've got an entirely frozen chicken. Say right? I did. <laughs> You put it in the egg port, you, you lock it up, you do the pressure cooking, and in 20 minutes you've got a perfectly cooked chicken because it increases the pressure inside of the, the pot while heating, allowing for much better heat transfer. The water and can so, get, uh, yeah, the, the water can get hotter before things. boiling. Oh, yeah, so yeah cool. I mean, stuff won't boil. Oh, okay, so you put the right. items under higher pressure so that you can heat it further STP, without boiling increase, the water off. Increases the boiling I see, temperature I see. of the water. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, and I'm like, obviously, pressure cookers aren't a new technology, but a no. a fully digital pressure cooker is with timers it, and, it, and it's, delays. It's a newer thing, yeah. and apparently is way easier to use than the older analog ones, where they're kind of dangerous. And it's a lot safer because they, they've got the, analog ones. Uh, the ability yeah. to measure pressure inside, and yeah. if something goes wrong, to turn off. Yes. Rather than you, <laughs> have you seen that yeah. picture of that, the pressure cooker happens. gone bad? No. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. You might have a new skylight when you get home. Yeah. Yeah. If things yeah. go poorly, so, so I've got to ask. Okay. Why does it have a yogurt button? Make yogurt. You make you make yogurt at a high temperature. Uh, well, I mean, it's I've a never made yogurt before on temperature. Well, but it's, it's, still a, it's a steady it says right temperature. Here, yogurt maker. Yeah, I mean, you don't okay. you, do you don't make yogurt at the refrigerated temperature. Like no, just well, like you make you cherry pie, milk, and you yeah, put you it do. in the fridge. You, you need to accelerate the uh, you know the the bacteria, yeast stuff. Whatever. So is this only? Let me ask you this. Uh, a pop culture quiz everybody this is only popular because like sous vide became a thing and now like quick ways of like cooking conveniently are more popular because you said pressure cooking has been around yeah. for a while and this 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 yeah, i mean i mean a kentucky fried chicken that's all chicken cooked in pressure cookers oh is it okay yep 21 oh, yeah. herbs and spices or whatever the yeah. hell that is so what i'm saying is when does the wi-fi connected <laughs> pressure cooker come out and when is it on kickstarter it's got to exist right? you can already Charlie. buy them and people are already getting upset because it decides to do uh, an update while they're trying to cook and of course <laughs> stops cooking to Fair. install the update and then it loses the internet connection and now you're stuck with a frozen chicken and a pressure cooker that ain't gonna work because it's got to be sod it's it's awesome. already part of the internet of shit cool all right uh alan so uh, I was looking for ways to tweak other stuff in Windows lately. Yeah, other stuff. Other stuff. Wink. Uh, stuff that you know you don't normally think to tweak, but actually is tweakable. Like for example, when you go to shut down a reboot Windows, and then it hits you with this prompt, like, "Hey, you got programs that like you know Notepad wants to save your document or something, right? Right? Like that'll stop the reboot. Just hold down the power button. Well, 
you don't have to do that. <laughs> There's actually a registry key that controls like whether or not the system waits on that stuff. Like you could just tell it, hey, just don't, don't ever bother with that. Right, just right. just freaking reboot because I told you to reboot, right? Damn it. So that's one of the tweaks. Uh, and then the site that linked to that tweak had it grouped in with a like a batch of them. Which is the more the tweaks. collection of best registry tweaks is speed up your windows. Yeah, but these were for the tweaks were for Windows Seven, but the majority of them still work, even all the way like through Windows Ten, because they're just generic like yeah. you know toggles for like what kind of stuff, what kind of what kind of things we got. Uh, there's all they're all listed under that. Uh, like you can, um, it changes the timeout for how long. Like if an app is hanging, like before it, you know, if you're just trying to close the app that was hanging, you know how to, you kind of have to sit there and wait for the window to right. kind of gray out. And then once you click X, you got to wait a little bit more for windows to decide if it's like, going to just Kill force it. close it. And yep. like, you can reduce all those delays. I like this one. Uh, lo- no low disk space checks. Nice. <laughs> that one, I think that one, I think might be a little Maybe bit overkill. That one. Maybe like, that's what, important. I think we're beyond the point where everybody's <laughs> running out of disk space on their C drive. Like, no, constantly. I mean, with yeah, SSDs, if that, that but, happens. But, I mean, SSDs, I mean, no, I with guess. SSDs, that's going to happen. I guess. And I think you should want to know. I, I personally kind of want to know that one. Like, yeah, I might not use that one. But there's like, you know, uh, when you hover the mouse over something and you're waiting for the tooltip to show up, like yeah. there, it changes that timeout. So it's like almost instant. Okay. Wait you know, to kill just, service timeout. No interrupt. No internet open with. <laughs> nice. Disable search on internet yeah. prompt in yeah, open with Windows. Disabled. If your shortcut is a broken link and Windows sits there and spins for like twenty seconds, trying to like, oh, I'm looking for the program that this was. You right. Know, it clearly doesn't. I freaking deleted it. That's yeah. why the link's broken, right? So it just it like gets rid of that stuff or shortens it or, you know, it's just a bunch of little tweaks. It's, just, okay. like a, it's actually a relatively like they list all of the registry entries that get done right. uh, on that on that like second page there, and it's not that many. It's like a set of it's like ten, no. 10 keys or ten values hmm, like across five keys. So just you know, interesting just tweaks. Find the we won't give you the URL for it. Find the link at the show notes uh, for today. Yeah, we, links we, in the show yeah. notes. There's not really a uh, easy way to link that. Uh, and then Alex, you had one as well. I did. What do you got for us? It's this little thing right here that I've been using for weeks now. It's the uh, Corsair. Scimitar? Scimitar. 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 Let's say scimitar. Scimitar. Yeah. Scimitar. Got, got a really nice array button on the left side. Um, I've been using this for video editing, and can it's you, amazing. Can you use like a number pad on the side of the freaking <laughs> mouse? <laughs> yes. It's a it actually it's, is. It's, it's, it's three, 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 four, four, attached yeah. to a mouse. Yep. There you go. Huh. One, yeah, two, three, I, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. It, it, eleven, twelve. <laughs> I got twelve bytes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the software is not bad. Um, I thought of, I th- <laughs> too, bad there's no, too bad there's no ball in that mouse. Yeah, because there was a ball rolling around in that video. So you know, uh, but no, I, I was uh, pleasantly impressed by it. That's good because, I, and I will say I agree with with Ken. We we oftentimes the rest others have to sit down at that desk and use the video editing machine. Um, it takes a little getting used to because I'm just kind of used to my thumb Resting going on in place something. there. Yeah, and if you do that, I mean you can still kind of rest your thumb there, but you have to be lighter with it. Otherwise, you're going to accidentally hit yeah one of those twelve mash, additional mash buttons. a bunch of buttons. When you said you mapped volume to it, right, I did. and like. I mean, I mean, obviously, I've used Premiere a lot, and that seems like it'd be an amazing thing. Like, yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right. Mapping pr- common Premiere functions to that, or any sort, you could of- map like cut paste, like yeah, just different. Yeah, you know. attention to the volume. Yeah, I mean, that seems yeah. like an awesome thing. 
Yeah, so, and it's low. It's not very expensive. It's a sixty nine dollar mouse. Yep. Hmm. That's yeah. surprisingly. Plus, it's got lights and shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what it, are they it, coming out with the uh, mechanical version? Yeah, the mechanical switch I, version. I want mechanical. Yeah. Keys yeah, you want cherry? You want cherry switches? Cherry on the, 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 the side switches are mechanical. Oh, oh perfect. well, they they ta- they have like clicky. They're like mouse button mechanical. Yeah, I mean they're they're clicky mouses. They're not scissor switches. No, yeah. no, 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 not membranes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, that's cool. Uh, before we end the show, we my, did get uh, my pick of the week is what? the second Asus Nick on your desk. Oh, oh, so, oh the other one. So which which serial number do you want? Uh, I'll take higher one. Okay, you get one ninety. I'll take one eighty nine. Okay. Okay. You think that's probably is the hundred eighty ninth and one hundred ninetieth of these cards? It would seem likely because the serial number ends in zero 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 one ninety. Yeah, that's probably the case. There's other stuff before it, but like hex, you know, text and whatnot. So there you go. If anybody wants limited, like first run, limited cards, <laughs> zero, 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 0000190. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we had two Patreon uh, contributions. Bim Paras pledged $3. Thank nice. you, Bim. And Edsel Mal- Malasig. Malasig? Edsel? Six ninety nine, six ninety nine was pledged. So it's thank you to it's both Edsel and Bim. Thank you. There was an exclamation point at the end of that name, or is that just and part of their you. sentence? I think that is uh, always. Oh, okay. yes, it is. Uh, Patreon wants to be very exclamatory about somebody's giving you money. Yeah, donation, yeah. like that type of thing. So thank you guys very much for that. Super, super appreciated. Uh, that's gonna be the end of the show. PCPer.com slash podcast is where you can find all the show notes to uh, our discussion today. So if you want to look up a story or review or uh, a, a pick of the week that we had, um, all the links are there. So pcpro.com slash podcast. It's also where you find like the YouTube videos, the RSS to download the MP3 or the video file or whatever you want to do. Uh, all that is available there. Um, and that's it. We will be back next week with another episode of the PC Perspective Podcast. I don't think I said that word all the way. But I'm you know, that's, that's real oh. optimistic thinking on oh, your be part. part. I, yes. No, I, I am nothing if not optimistic all of the time, 100%. Uh, I almost said 100 days of the year, which is maybe more accurate. <laughs> that seems more accurate. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Everything sucks. Oh, hey, payday. <laughs> no, that would assume I get paid every third day. That does not. That's definitely not the case. Mm-hmm. All right, well, everybody. Can we move to that? That would be nice. Uh, no. Okay. Okay. You get three dollars. Sending, sending checks to Canada is very expensive. It's three dollars. You have to subtract out the postage. You need two American flag stamps, as we found out. That's true. That's very true. All right, everybody. Oh, See yes. you next week. I'm Ryan Trout. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrus. And I'm Alan Malentano. And then there's Ken. And then there's Alex. Good night. Good night. And Johnny Boy. And. If you enjoyed this content, consider supporting in-depth technical content by contributing at patreon.com slash pcper.